0: Welcome to, to the Eyes of a Lion Part 3. We are so happy to have you with us as we continue on. And this weekend in particular, uh, we're going to cover something that is out of everything in the chapters of the book. Uh, probably for me, top 12 of my favorite. Uh, top 12 of my favorite uh, of that which is covered in the 12 chapters of the book. Top 12 for sure. It's one of my favorites. We're going to talk about hope this weekend as the series continues. Thank you for being here. Thank you to every church participating in this series. We're so happy to have you, however you're listening to this. It's really a a great pleasure watching it on on television or listening on the radio or podcast. It's amazing to have you be a part of it. Um, A while back, I I read about uh, what was once the motto of Spain. The motto of Spain at, at one time was Ne plus ultra nay plus ultra could you say that out loud with me nay plus ultra it means nothing more beyond nothing more beyond you see they believed that the the pillars of hercules the strait of gibraltar was the uh, basically the end of of the world that there was nothing more to explore they had done it all they had seen it all and so they put out there for the world there's nothing more nay plus ultra. Then Columbus went ahead and sailed the ocean blue, dang it. And what they discovered, what they learned, was that there was in fact more to explore. And so they humbly acknowledged this. And to this day, minted on every Spanish coin is the statement plus ultra, which is the acknowledgement that there's more beyond. And that sort of represents the heartbeat of Through the Eyes of a Lion, that no matter what you're seeing, no matter what you're experiencing, no matter what you're facing, that what you're seeing isn't all that there is. Come on, there's plus. Ultra, there's more beyond. And so the, the, the goal would be that anyone reading this book or encountering these truths that we're uh, articulating from God's word would understand plus ultra, and they would know to take the nay away. Come on, this, this is all about taking the nay away. When you look at death, when you look at the valley of the shadow of, you've you got to take the nay away. Like Proverbs says, there is a hereafter. Your hope shall not be cut off. Death isn't the end of the road, it's just a bend in the row. you got to learn to take the nay away. And that is, in fact, what the symbol, the anchor, means. It's one of the most, to me, meaningful symbols in scripture. In fact, it's one of the earliest symbols that came to stand for what Christianity is all about, the anchor. It is powerful. It's appropriate. Because a boat that is anchored will still get battered by the waves and will still get blown at aggressively by the wind. But if its anchor is properly set, it will not be moved. It can be hard pressed, (laughs) but not destroyed. And so it is for the church. If you go to Rome and you go tour the catacombs, these these graves where where Christians from the 1st and 2nd, 3rd century were buried, in in that period of time, they were being torn to pieces by beasts in the Colosseum, burned at the stake by, by the Caesars for their faith in Jesus Christ. And, and, and yet, what Christians did as they approached death was to take the nay away by putting an anchor. On, you, you will see ancient anchors on, on the tombs, on the grave markers, because they believed in the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And in every anchor, you have a cross. Speaking of his death, yes, but the anchor in the death that we face is that he didn't stay dead. On the third day, he rose up out of that grave. He offers resurrection power to anyone who believes he turned off the darkness of death by turning on the light of immortality through the gospel. That's the anchor. And, and when, when my family, when we, when we plunged and careened wildly into crisis, when unexpectedly we stumbled upon a sad season through our, our daughter uh, being called to heaven without us having any notice or any opportunity to say goodbye, Um, It it was the the anchor that gave us hope. One of the first things we thought of was Hebrews 6, verse 19, which tells us this hope we have, it's an anchor for the soul. It's both sure and steadfast. I, I came to tell you when darkness seems to hide his face, we stand on his unchanging grace. In every high and stormy gale, our anchor holds within the veil. On Christ the solid rock, I stand all other ground. It's it's sinking. Stand. Listen. When when Jenny and I were, were going through those those dark days, the anchor was on our mind. Now it had already been on our mind, and it had already been in our homes. And that's important to have to have your anchor set before the storm comes. Um, you know, anchors were all over our lives. The 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 Sunday before she went to heaven, I preached. If I look back at the playback. I preached wearing an anchor T-shirt I had just bought, and I was all excited. Because Lenya and Livy both had these anchor T-shirts they always wore, so I had one I could match with them. And, and Lenya, when, when I took her on our last daddy-daughter date uh, on this earth, she told me what she wanted for Christmas because she went home five days before Christmas. She went home for Christmas. She went home to be with the, 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 the birthday boy. She told me what she wanted for Christmas, and one of the things she said is, I want a new anchor necklace because she had lost the one that she already had. In our home, if you ever call and we don't answer, it's because we're looking for something we can't find. <laughs> and she couldn't, she couldn't find her anchor necklace. And, 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 and so anchors were already a part of our lives. But once we went into tragic mode, in, in a tragedy, in a difficult, and we were facing triumph in it, our, 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 we, we gravitated to this analogy uh, of the anchor because, because it, it gave us stability. It gave us power in, in the pain. It, it gave us a, a, a purpose in, in the midst of what we were going through. And, and it'll do the same thing for you. That's, that's, that's so true. Listen, listen, listen. You, you have an anchor. Now, the Bible doesn't just tell us what the anchor is. It's hope. It tells us what we're anchored to. And that's heaven. Look at the text one more time. This is continuing into verse twenty. So this hope we have, this anchor that we have, ready. It enters the presence behind the veil, where the forerunner. Everyone say forerunner. Turn to your neighbor and say it's not Toyota. That's a perfectly fine car unless you need to brake. Hello. Whoa. Too soon. Okay. Moving right along. Where the forerunner entered for us, even. Help me out. Help me preach. Jesus okay we're anchored to heaven because Jesus, our forerunner, took it there with him when he entered the veil and went into the presence of God Whew. that word forerunner the Greek word is prodromos, prodromos, and it speaks of a little boat that would Uh, had a very small but important job in a difficult harbor that was a sketchy one to navigate it would come to the edge and when ships would approach he would come up to the ship the progermos, a little forerunner boat and that the big ship would give their anchor to the little ship and then he would the progermos, the forerunner, take the anchor through the the harbor and he knew how to navigate the rocks and when he got the anchor safely to the shore the big ship could be winched in inch by inch in the slipstream of the small forerunner. And tell me if that's not what Jesus did when he died and rose again. He blazed a trail for us as he ascended to heaven to the presence of God. He took our anchor and connected it to the, to the altar there behind the veil. And now we are slowly but surely every day of our lives being winched in, winched in, winched in, inch by inch to the distant shores of our true Homeland, heaven. Anchor's amazing. Come on, turn it near and say the anchor's amazing. But but that's not all. Because here's here's a revelation I've had. There's no such thing as a wireless anchor. Here's the title of my sermon: whole big idea for this message. If you get nothing else, get this. Hope has a rope. Hope, check it, check it. Hope has a a rope. These things, these anchors, they never come in Bluetooth. Right? They don't work with Wi-Fi. You will not go to a nautical supply shop and find a new version that's wireless. Oh, yeah, you just throw it overboard, right? You, if, if a sailor throws the anchor overboard without first connecting it to something that's tied to the ship, all is lost, You know? right? Well... Uh, uh, we have a problem, uh, right? You, you, there, there's always going to be a cord. So wherever there's an anchor, there's always going to be a chain. There's always going to be a, a leash. And, and this should bless us, too, because we don't just have an anchor for our soul that Jesus took with him to heaven. There's a, there's a connection. Now, what's that, what's that chain? I'll tell you what that chain is. Jesus, just before he, he died. He gave one last talk to his boys, right? It's been called the Upper Room Discourse. It's John chapter 13 through 17. You could do worse than to read that this week. Why is it called the Upper Room Discourse? Because theologians are worried about job security. And if they, got, if they called it the talk he gave upstairs, right, we wouldn't pay them to do anything. So they come up with names for stuff that make them sound more fancy. But really, it was just a, a message Jesus gave in a room that was on top of another story. And, and so we call it the Upper Room Discourse. Nobody wants to read that. Yeah, but how about the epic talk Jesus gave upstairs? That sounds exciting, right? (laughs) In John 14, I'm going to give you two sections of it, 14 and 16, but it's 13 through 17 if you want to read it on your own. Uh, He said, these things I have spoken to you while being present with you. He said, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. So I've told you some stuff. But the Holy to he's going to bring to your remembrance, basically, right? Bring to your remembrance the things that I said to you, verse 27. He said, and peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives peace. How does the world give peace? It doesn't really last. It doesn't really work. It doesn't, it doesn't deliver what we need it to. He said, but my peace, it will. And then he told them this. He said, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. That's amazing. Don't let, listen, don't let your heart get troubled. Your heart, things to know about it, it will get troubled if you let it. You have to take proactive steps to keep your heart from being troubled. We'll come back to that idea. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I go, do not go away, the, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Now, that's incredible because what Jesus basically just told them is I'm gonna send a rope to hitch up to you that's gonna to connect to your hope in heaven. You, you're not gonna be left orphans, so don't worry about it. I'm gonna send a helper to you, and apparently it's gonna be so good when you get this rope attached to your heart that it's gonna be even better than being physically with me. That's what he was saying. Now, I imagine it was probably pretty good to actually physically walk around with Jesus like that sounds awesome like you're hungry uh, magic food (laughs) fruit roll-ups be falling from the sky Right? You got a tax problem. He's like, catch a fish. There's a coin in the fish's mouth. That sounds tremendous, right? People will be dying. He's like, hey, get up and stuff, OK? So totally, tremendously great. But he said, it's going to be even better. Why? Because when Jesus was bodily here on the earth, he laid aside the divine use of his power so he could only be in one place with one group of people at one time. But when he ascended and sent the Holy Spirit, who would be omnipresent, God could be with every Christian, in every Christian, coming upon every Christian, giving hope to every every Christian. Power to every Christian. No one would ever have to be alone. No one would ever have to feel unequipped or unqualified because the Holy Spirit of God would be with them, in them, convicting them of sin, comforting them, and attached to their heart. And so this was an epiphany. I remember, I remember having this epiphany with Jenny. I remember saying, wait a minute, if, if Jesus is our anchor and he's in heaven, but he sent the Holy Spirit to connect us to him and to winch us in, then guess what? Then that means that, that we are holding hands with the one who's holding hands with her. <laughs> We're connected. And so if Jenny's holding onto this rope that is shedding on me, and I'm holding onto this rope, and the other end, we can't see the other end but we believe it's in heaven. Why? Because we feel it's tug. We, we feel the tug of heaven pulling us to our true home. When we, when, we, when we stay connected in that way, we could say this. We could say that he's in me and she's with him. He's in me. And we would, man, we would say that to each other. Do you remember that in the early days? We'd just be saying it all the time. He's in me and she's with him. I'd be walking around half crazy, just mumbling it to my, he's in me and she's with him. He's in me. Hope has a, hope has a rope. It may not be profound, but this is what helped us through the darkest days of our life. He's in me, and she's with him. I'm connected. We're not left orphans. Hope has a rope. But what that means then, and, and this was so meaningful to us, that we chose to have an anchor painted on Lenya's casket. We, we, we had a, an artist, a, a sweet girl, who was in our church, and she, she painted a beautiful anchor on the lid of this white casket we wanted to remember that we're anchored as we face the grave and we had one we had one put on her tombstone and then we had that same anchor i put it over my heart and jen put it on her forearm because we want to always remember the anchor and the hope that connects us and so what i want to do though in this time that remains i want to teach you how to keep your anchor on a short leash because we're connected you can't do anything about that if you're a believer however sin allows slack in the line And we can choose through our receptivity to the Holy Spirit of God, because scripture says, be filled with the Spirit. And that's a command. And the Bible never commands you to do something that God's not going to give you the ability to be able to do. So you can choose, like a hand fills up a glove, to let the Spirit fill you and thus control you and be led by its tug. But if you let too much slack in the line, you won't feel him tugging. You won't feel his promptings. You can get so good at not listening that you you don't hear it as much, okay? So I want to teach you how to get the how to get the slack out of the out of the line. Now, if you are grieving, if you are going through it, if you're going, I know some of you who are listening to this message, you're like, tell me right now, I got my pen out. I want all five. If you get a seventh and a sixth, give me those, I'll take them too. I wanna keep a tight, I wanna keep a tight connection to anchor so he can. You, some of you are like that and I could tell because you're, you're wiping away tears and I know you're hurting and that's why your friends invited you to come this weekend at your church so you could hear this stuff and I'm so thankful that you are here and I'm, ex- I'm excited to preach to some hungry people but, but let me also say I know there are probably a few of you and you're tempted to write some of this stuff off because this isn't exactly your season right now and you're not you're like this sounds great for the hurting people like that's awesome that you're yes, it's great go, go grief you know turn church into a grief support group but I'm not really going through stuff right now I would say that you should probably take as much or notes, more notes as anybody yeah. because your day's coming. And I don't say that in an arrogant, like I know your future way. I just say it like in a, I read the news sometimes kind of way. <laughs> Not a lot. Ain't nobody got time for that. But in a little bit. You know what I'm saying? And, and, uh, and, and so what I would say to you is, is that when disaster does come, it can be devastating when there's too much slack in a line. When disaster inevitably rears its head, It can be devastating to have too much lack in your life. What what does Proverbs say about a lack of a foundation? Proverbs 10.25, when the whirlwind comes, the wicked are no more, but the righteous has an everlasting foundation. Have you ever gone tubing with a maniac behind the wheel of the boat? (laughs) Let me me rephrase that. Uh, Have you ever been on a lake in Montana? I learned, real quickly, when someone from the church, after we moved to Montana, uh, we want to go tubing? I'm like, no. <laughs> I'll sit on the boat, though. Because you, you're nice until you get behind the wheel of a boat with someone on your tube. <laughs> then this devilish look comes over the, the most easygoing person. And he's mad with power, creating an ocean-like environment, and then taking me through the waves. I, but here's the thing. There's a couple different ways to tube. You can you can do it where, here, here's what happens. You, you let the line get all crazy slack, and then everyone's on the tube, and then you just punch it, right? And you're you're, you're watching the rope on coil going, this is not going to end well for me. <laughs> and when it finally pulls tight, it's with the impact that could take your braces off your teeth. You know what I'm saying? Heads be bunking into each other. I want to put a helmet on. But The nice way to do it would be to, to, to slowly idle until all of the slack is reeled in. And then, are you ready? We're ready. Slowly ease the power on. <laughs> See also how nobody ever has done it when I've been involved in these situations. Is that what I'm talking about? i preaching truth in here? Ter- it can be devastating when disaster strikes and there's too much slack in the line. Why do so many marriages not make it through grief? Why do so many interviews that i get to that i take why do they always bring up the statistics of parents who lose a child who almost always go on to divorce why have i seen it in friends that i know who have had to go through the tragedy of of burying a child well i don't know i i know this i know our marriage while not perfect is stronger and 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 more complex and more deep and more beautiful and more committed than ever before And all I know is this, a trial doesn't change a marriage. It just makes more permanent what's already there. Going into the oven, if there's cracks going in, they're just going to blow up, coming coming out. The same sun that hardens the clay will melt the wax, you see? And and so I believe what you go into a marriage with is just going to be exaggerated in the heat and the storm of crisis. And so what I would say to you who aren't yet suffering, I would say this, train for the trial you're not yet in. Because that way, when the difficult day comes, you'll have a foundation under you, a tight grip on your on your leash, on your tether that connects you to heaven, and and you will not be destroyed by it. You will, in fact, be strengthened in the midst of it as you triumphantly face up to the hardest things imaginable in this world. Five ways to keep your anchor on a on a taut connection to keep the slack out of the line. If you want to hear it, say, preach it. Here, here's number one. you got to remember that heaven is nearer than it seems. And you got to remind yourself of this daily. Remember that heaven is nearer than it seems. How does it seem? Uh, far away. Yeah. Far, far away. Heaven seems far. Honestly, when Linnea first went there, I'm like, man, this is, I'm trying to imagine. I'm, try, I'm trying to even understand where heaven is. Like, I want answers. Oh, she's, 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 she's in heaven. It's OK. I'm like, she's five. Who's babysitting her? Like, I need, I need to know. I need references. And it seems so far away. And I would picture like almost like going to heaven, like being on a spaceship, you know, like, like you need to get Atlantis out of that museum in Florida, you know, and get into your waterbed interstellar capsule and go to time jump. And, and that, that heaven's so far, galaxies away. But here, here's what Jesus said. He said the kingdom of God is near. The kingdom of heaven's not far away. Heaven's near. It's just invisible to us currently. I could prove it to you. Uh, in, in the book of Acts, there's this guy named Stephen. He got stoned to death with rocks for following Jesus. And yet just before he died, God gave him the grace. God, I would say God gave us the grace of him being able to record verbally what will be the experience of every believer ultimately. So when you read something like that, you should be like, that's coming soon to a life near me, okay? What did he say? He said, I see heaven opened and Jesus right there standing at the right hand of the Father, okay? And what was so cool is that he was in between, just about to leave this world, but just about to go there, and, and, and yet God allowed him to preserve for us what we're gonna experience. But, but I wanna show you the mechanics of how it happened. You wanna see it? Then he, being filled with the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God. <sighs> By the Spirit's power, he was able to see what we all need to remind ourselves of. The heaven's right there, right? So, so it's not like, okay, I'm about to die. You're ready to fly for a million miles. No, it's like, it's like okay, heaven, it's gonna, the portal's gonna open, and you're like, oh, that's awesome. It's right there. And, and so reminding ourselves of this will give us courage. It'll give us strength. We came across this picture that reminds us. It's, it's, it's my remembrance of heaven being close. Anytime I start to get discouraged about it, Jenny took this picture having no idea what the significance would be. This is Linya in the side view mirror of her car. And I don't know if you can read below it, but right below Linya's face, it says, objects in mirror are closer than they appear. How great is that? They're closer. <laughs> Then they appear. So heaven's not this otherworldly, ethereal, a million miles away. The kingdom of God is near. It's just invisible now because of our blind spot. But we will see then. And if, like Stephen, we are filled with the Holy Spirit, we will see now and believe in now what we currently can't even perceive now. And that will give us power. And not only is heaven there, heaven is aware. Heaven is aware. That's why Jesus said there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels over how many? One sinner who repents. Does that not paint a picture of heaven rejoicing to see the response to the gospel here on earth. Does that not change the game a little bit? I know it did for us. I remember the first couple of days, I would comb through my journal entries in preparing for the series and writing the book. And, and I would read stuff like, you know, day 65, uh, spent the day planning a whole year full of O2 experience and school, Church events and a new Fresh Life campus. And it relieved my pain for a little bit because I felt like I could lo- load it into the gun to shoot at the kingdom of darkness By, by planning to turn the light on, I felt the hope of heaven and, and, and every single time, the first year of 2013, after she went home, we would go have an event. We'd preach the gospel till I was literally on the floor, crying back in the room afterwards, back in grief again. And then we'd turn on some music that Lenya would love and my wife and I and the girls. We would have a Lenya in Heaven dance party because we knew in heaven the angels be pushing each other into the bushes with excitement to see one <laughs> sinner coming to faith. And my girl loved to dance, so we had better give her something to celebrate. Right, you see, it changes everything when you know that heaven is there and that heaven cares. Did you know the Bible says of angels that they eagerly desire, they're on literally tiptoes to look into the preaching of the gospel? Because they think it's crazy that God gave the job to us because they would do a better job, because they can fly, right? But God gave it to us. And the angels are like, come on, preach the gospel. Think about next time you're, 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 you're discouraged or, or you feel like, oh, I feel stupid if I'm going to share the gospel. Think of angels chomping at the bit, wishing they got the job, jonesing to, for the shot, wishing you, they'd be like, come on, tell him, tell him, tell him, tell him, he's alive. Jesus is right over there. Tell him, tell him, tell him. Heaven's there. Heaven, it cares. When you remind yourself of that stuff, it'll, it'll reel the slack in on your line. Here's the second. Daily, illuminate your heart with truth. Illuminate your heart with truth. Why? Because your heart will get lost if you let it. You'll get discouraged, and you'll be easy to deceive. If you walk by sight and not by faith, it'll be easier to believe the enemy's lies, and, 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 and you'll start to believe nay plus ultra. There's nothing more beyond this. This is just hard. This is just painful. You'll, you'll stop believing that God has a plan. But when, like David, who said, I would have lost heart. Why? Because his heart would, would get lost dealing with what he dealt with. What did he deal with? People, enemies lying about him people attacking him, trying to take the kingdom from him, his father-in-law trying to kill him, having to bury like several three of his children. Just difficult days, difficult days, difficult days. He said, I would have lost heart. It would have been too much for me. But I believed I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Listen, belief is the antidote to losing heart. And what happens is when you grab a precept from Scripture and you grab a promise from Scripture and you grab a truth about God and you, you hold on to it, you're, you're illuminating your own heart and you're casting out the darkness and you're keeping your heart from getting troubled and you're leaning into the peace that Jesus gives us through the Holy Spirit. And earlier, I gave you one. I'm walking around what, when I'm saying, she's with him and he's in me. And she's and I'm acting that out with Livia and, and, and Daisy and Clover and Jenny. What are we doing? We're illuminating our hearts with truth. I described it recently to someone as, in those dark days, more still to this day, but, but especially then, we felt like we were swimming in an ocean, and we would come across a little tiny canister of oxygen, and we would suck it out of it as long as it held air, and then we'd go swimming off for another one, and we'd breathe on that, and it would be like, OK, the house has got what the tent does not. When you leave the tent, you get to go home. We would just pull these truths in. Jesus, I'm the resurrection and the life, and anyone who believes in me, though he dies, he will live. Jesus, I was dead, but I live. Forever, comfort each other with these words. Paul says, "He's coming. He's coming. The lion's going to roar." We grab onto this truth, and it would sustain us. And then we we grab another one. We grab another one. And and my encouragement to you who aren't presently hurting yet is: Eat before you're hungry. Drink before you're thirsty. You don't want to be in a crisis. We're going concordance. H O P E. Hope. No. 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 You want this stuff just gushing out. You want to gush it gushing out. Uh, you, you want, we're, we're like with like Jen and I, we're, we're on our knees in the emergency, and the doctor's just said there's nothing more we can do. And, and what happened? We, our thoughts went to the baby dedication. We thought of how, on the Fresh Life Church stage, when she was born, we held her up to the whole body. And we said, we dedicate this girl to the Lord. She's God's. She belongs to him. We'll steward her as best as we can. And so on that day, the words of Job came to our mind. And we said, God, we bless you as you gave. We bless you now as you've taken. We, we bless your name. We worshiped God. Those, word, those words just came out of us because we put them in earlier on. You see what I'm saying? We were able to illuminate our hearts with truth because we had put truth in our hearts. And so we must that's the second way to keep the anchor on a tight leash it'll it'll be songs for you to sing in the night those are the hardest times too the night 3 a.m 4 a.m and i'm so thankful we had good friends who knew that and for a while we had friends who they would make it their goal to try and text us at three in the morning four in the morning because they knew we'd be waking up and, and standing outside the her bedroom they knew they knew that those would be the most difficult times to trust the promises of god and so they would text us little quotes, Pastor Greg Laurie, Pastor Stephen Furtick, so many men and women of faith would, would, would just send us little things for to breathe on, little O2 tanks. Here's the, the third, is this helping you? I hope so. Here's the third. If you wanna keep your anchor on a tight leash, you have gotta assemble with God's people. This, this is so important. If you want to make it through Saturday, you, you had better be with God's people on Sunday. There is nothing that can substitute for this. No matter, no matter, no matter what, you've got you to gotta remember this. Um, lions are the only truly social cat. Did you know that? Now your cat's probably a loner. <laughs> but lions, they stick together with other lions, you know? They, they roll around in posses. They call them prides. Pride. And there's, get this, there's power in the pride. These 15 to 20 lions. Man, you go into a territory that's controlled by a pride, you're going to know it. Because you mess with one, you're going you're gonna to get a whole lot of claw. You're going to get a whole lot of tooth. You're going to have a whole lot of fury and aggression unleashed on your life. And, and so it is in the, in the body of Christ, as we're told to be as bold as lions. We're not to live in isolation. As we follow Jesus, we do it together. Psalm 92.13 says that those who are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish in the courts of our God. And even when the storms rage, there's power in the pride. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say this power in the pride. There's strength that comes because, you know, one tree by itself may get blown over, but if you get a whole grove, all root system, all tangled around each other, you want to mess with her, you got to take me out too sister because I'm with you. Gangsters for life. There's, There's power in the pride. And I'll tell you, there is nothing that encourages us that encouraged us, that, that gave us more hope that we looked forward to more in our, in our darkest time of grief than gathering together with the local church that we call our, our house that we're planted in. Nothing, nothing, can, nothing can compare. We, we would look forward to it so much. And the only way I can even describe for you what it felt like to, to walk into the house of God each time was, was to point your attention to Iron Man. Uh, you know, he, he had that, that bomb blow up, his own bomb, how insulting. And he got shrapnel in his chest, and, and, and he said, the way he said it when he was talking to the Hulk one time was, he said, you know, I've got tiny pieces of metal at all times trying to make their way into my heart and kill me. But he said, this little, this little magnet here, this little arc reactor, this little circle of light, it pulls them out. It keeps them from killing me. And, and when you're really going through it in grief, that's how it feels. It feels like your heart is being ripped up from the inside out. And, and I'm telling you something. We, we look forward every time to coming into the house of God because there's just something that, that, that happens when God's people lift up Jesus' name together. I'm telling you, when you walk in, you start to hear that beautiful music. You start to hear the drums. You start to, you start to hear people clapping around you. I, I start to hear you singing. And we start to all of a sudden together get to lean in. And, and we know that He inhabits the praises of His people and that where two or more are gathered, He's present there in the midst. It's just like a magnet that pulls that pressure out. And just for a little bit while the base is melting your face and you just sense the glory of God, it's almost like darkness has no choice, it's banished. It's almost like in his presence, we're made whole. It's almost like you get to sense the nearness of heaven for just a moment and the devil's got to shut up and we receive something to get, to, to get through the next fight we're about to face. <clears throat> At least that was my experience. And that's why I, I, don't, I don't miss the chance to gather together with God's people because there's something, there's something about it that just, I don't know, even when I hear you sing off key, it just reminds me that you're with me. And, and probably the same could be said, vice versa. Um, so not just for the singing, though, and the hearing of God's word, of course, but, but also for the giving. The giving is such an important part of, 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 of staying strong, of keeping your anchor tight. How, how does that work exactly? Well, well, Jesus put it this way. Wherever your treasure is, there your heart will be also, right? So if you want your heart connected tight to heaven, hardwired in, you had better be laying up for yourself treasure in heaven because whatever you spend your money on, you'll care about. Anything you buy, any new sport you get into, what you, Once you start investing in it, you care about it. You start to read about it. You're watching YouTube videos about it. You're, you're finding people that have that in common. You're joining little groups that, that are all about that thing, right? right? If you invest in a certain company or stock, what are you going to do every morning? How's that stock doing? Why do you care about it? Because you invested in it. You wanna, I want to have a greater heart for God. You can buy that. You can by laying up for yourself treasure in heaven. And so for us, I'll tell you, we've never written bigger checks to the church and we've never been more linked up. We never wanted to or cared more about what God's doing. The giving relieves the pressure too because the way we see it, we're sending our treasure and with it our heart to heaven. And at the end of the day, anything we don't give, we leave. We only get to keep what we send on ahead. You know, Lenya, When she left this world, she left all of her toys. She left all of her clothes. Everything that she cared about while she was here, she left behind. But after she went to heaven, we opened up her Jesus jar. Our girls, they have three jars each. A Jesus jar, a spend jar, and a save jar. And we teach them the first and the best goes to Jesus. And then you save for the future because you're wise. And then you, you get to have money to spend. Well, we opened up her Jesus jar and it was empty. And Jenny said, yeah, that's because the Sunday before she went to heaven, she came to church and, and she gave it all to the Lord, all the Jesus jar money. And I love so much that when she got home, it was waiting for her there because she had sent it on ahead. So, so then we opened up the, the spend and the save jars. And she had $32.18 uh, to her name. That was her net worth when she left this world. and." Uh, and, and I know in the spend jar, she had uh, some money allocated. She was going to buy Livia a Barbie because she told me, Dad, will you take me to, to Walmart or Target? I need to buy Livia a Barbie for Christmas. And uh, I also know that, that um, you know, she had some other things she was saving up for that she wanted. And, uh, and now she leaves all that money behind. Anything you don't, you, you don't give, you leave, right? And you only get to keep what you send on ahead. And uh, so, we as a family, we're sitting there, $30.18. What do we do with it? Well, let me show you what we did with it. This. this is two years ago, 48 days after she went to heaven. We, we made a decision to minister to our hearts by doing this. He is able to keep what we commit to him until that day. Mom, Dad. Go ahead, guys. You get up in Money will help pay for school, church events, Fresh Life Church being built, O2, Fresh Life TV, Easter, and how it felt when we were doing that. It felt, it felt like a message in a bottle. You see what I'm saying? It, it felt like. We were getting to send her hello from from Earth as we were laying up and investing in eternal things. And so as we come to to be with God's people in singing and in in teaching and in giving, it causes the slack to be pulled out of the line so we can feel heaven's tug all week long. There's a fourth. The the fourth way uh, to keep your line taut is, uh, hold on. Hold, Hold on. Can someone help me preach this message? Say, hold on. Hold on. on. What do I mean? I mean, just hold on. I know it 's hard, I know sometimes you feel like quitting. I know sometimes it's, it seems like it 's more than you can bear, especially early on you know it 's a, it's a funny thing we we, we we have to grieve, we have to go through this we have to go it 's a difficult thing and, and especially early on in, in in the midst of it if, if, if you 're just now dealing with the d- the days after the divorce if it's, if it 's just now been only days since you were laid off or you moved across country leaving relationships or that friend won 't return your calls who you thought would always be there in the early days it 's like so much just to get through an hour and and it can seem like you know, overwhelming to think of having to, is this going to be my new normal forever? And am I, am I always going to hurt this bad? And, it, and it's hard to even believe you, you, you ever felt good and ever didn't feel that. And, and to look to the future, it almost seems like you want to give up because it's just more than I can bear. And what I want to say to you is hurting with hope still hurts. You have permission to be in pain, but hold on. Just hold on. Cry if you got to cry. Scream if you got to scream, but don't let go. Don't give up what you don't know for what you do. You don't know why this happened. You don't know why God would allow it, and neither do I. That's okay. We do know he loves us. We do know he's for us. We do know he has a plan. We do know that the crushing is producing the anointing oil for our next level of service. We do know that pain is a microphone in the midst of our crisis. We do know that he's going to redeem it, and that at the end of the day, he will receive glory for the way that he caused what the devil meant for evil to be used for good. So just hold on. Just just hold on a little bit longer. I know it's overwhelming to think of 10 years of this, 20 years of this, 30 years of this, but you might not live 10 years. You might die in the morning. You just hold on now. Yeah. Just hold on, just hold on, just hold on, just hold on. It's always darkest before the sunrise. And let me tell you, if you just keep swimming, Nemo, just keep swimming, Just, just keep swimming, it won't always hurt as bad as it does right now. Why? The weight won't get any lighter, but you'll get stronger. God coats the raw edges with his grace, layer after layer of grace. And that irritant inside the oyster can become a pearl, not an abscess, if you open yourself up to what he wants to do in the midst of it. So just hold on. Just just don't let go. Just don't give up. Just hold on. Minute by minute, hour by hour. I got a fourth if you want it. One last thing we can do to, 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 to reel this anchor in and keep it on a tight leash. Here's the fifth. Whenever you need to, in case of emergency, break glass and cue the eagle. Come on, church, you can cue the eagle. You're like, what does that even mean? OK, I'll just, this is a clappy church. I'll just clap. <laughs> you ever seen Lord of the Rings? You're like, which one? There's like nine of them. I don't know. They all blend together. (laughs) They have little men with hairy feet. It's hard to understand what's going on. But I do know this. I I do know that there's a a couple scenes when someone's in crisis and eagles swoop in to save the day. It happens one time when when Gandalf's on this tower and he's about to die, but he's got, I don't know, moths come out of the top of his staff or something. The specifics elude me, but I do know he does something, and because he did that thing, the eagle is cued and knows to come in and swoop in and save the day. Now, you might not have ever recognized it when you were, when you were watching those movies, but that is gospel truth. Okay. L- listen to me, uh, Isaiah 40, verse 30. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. Even those who do P90X and CrossFit and after leg day walk upstairs like it ain't no thing at all, they shall utterly fall. Oh, I'll never, not me. Oh, really? Not me, Lord? Peter denying him the next day. Not me, Lord, right? We are all gonna run out of batteries, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Listen, man, grief is a marathon. Going through difficulty is not a sprint. It's not over quickly. It's prolonged. It's day after day. you got to keep on going on. And there are going to be times when it's just going to be too much for you. Man, it adds up. I know for us, we weren't just dealing with grief. In, in the, this is how great this whole thing was. In, in, in the aftermath of going through tragedy at Christmas, all of our kids in, in our family got lice. And so then we all got sick. And now we got bugs in our hair, and we're all sick and coughing. And then I had a beard. I got lice in my beard, okay? And I'm just telling you, there was points where it was like, this is too much. This is too this is hell. This is horrible. I'm sick. We're all coughing. I'm having to take my inhaler more often. It's just painful. We're crying. We're just and it's just it's so cold in Montana. It was just at times too much for me. And and and, and it was hard to keep heart. It was hard to keep believing. And we got through okay Christmas and, and we kept thinking, okay, this is but then it was just it just stayed there. And some of your trial just, just doesn't go anywhere. And there are really low moments. Yes, the anchor's true and yes, it holds, but man, there are some waves that feel like they're going to take you down. And I remember one day in particular, I went by myself to the graveyard and I'm looking at the sod and the sod that they had cut to dig this hole was pathetically trying to rejoin. But the the jagged viciousness of the, the cut marks felt exactly like I did on the inside. Seeing it pathetically sitting there trying to reattach but not being able to and i just i just started to just get overwhelmed and i'm just pretty soon i felt myself in a graveyard spiral like an out of control plane going down and i sank to my knees and i'm trying to remember something that would give me hope and something from the scripture that would give me peace and and i just i just didn't think i could do it a second longer but right then god just brought to my mind a song we sing in our church that comes from uh, Psalm 73:26. It's by Elevation Church. The song says, though my heart and my flesh fail, God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. And we, we used to sing it a lot, and we still do sometimes. And it basically just says, I may be weak, but your spirit strong in me. My flesh may fail. My God, you never will. And so I'm, I'm, I'm literally like trying to take heart. Because Jesus said, don't let your heart be troubled. So I'm literally just like pounding the ground like, God, I'm weak, but your spirit's strong in me. And, and my flesh is failing right now. But I believe that you never will. And I, I look up, and I'm just on my knees, and I see I'm not lying. If I'm lying, I'm dying. There's a bald eagle doing circles over the graveyard right at that moment. And I'm not superstitious. But that was super special. And it was just what I needed in that moment just to keep going, just to get back up and face it for another day. And I just came to tell you this weekend that the eagle has landed, the comforter has come. You not only have an anchor for your soul, but you got a hope rope connected to you the holy spirit willing to pull you when you don't have it willing to give you strength that's not your own to give you energy that has no explanation except for god so i dare you to praise him i dare you to sing to him call out to him come on tell him i may be weak but your spirit's strong in me
1: thank you so much for watching this teaching from my husband in this series through the eyes of a lion we hope that um, god used this to Open your eyes and to see what is unseen, and to see that um, even in impossible pain, um, you can have incredible power. And if you just put your faith in Jesus and made the decision to follow Him and give Him your life, first of all, congratulations! We are so excited. We are so happy for you, and you're the reason why we do all of what we do. We um, we want to reach those who are stranded in sin to find life and liberty in Jesus Christ. And so if that's you, um, be sure to click the Know God link at freshlifechurch.com and we'd love to send you a Bible and some resources that will help you kickstart your relationship with God. And as you were listening to this teaching, if um, God was using it to impact your life, we would love to hear that. So if you would go to eyesofalion.com, we would love to hear your roar story and the things that God has done in your life and is doing in your life, it lights us up to know um, the things that God's doing in people's lives. It, me- it means so much to us. And if God has blessed you through the ministry here at Fresh Life Church and you'd like to partner financially with all God is doing above and beyond um, your tithe to your local church, um, it's easy to do that. If you go to freshlifechurch.com and click Give, um, it launches a secure giving page and it will enable you to set up one-time gift or um, recurring gifts and um, it's just such an honor to to get to be a part of what God is doing. And thank you so much for joining us and God bless you.